nor did I turn away. Amen. It was so good uh, to see that I was going to be having uh, Ralph and uh, Susan coming. But God had already given me a message that uh, I wanted to share with you. And um, don't know. Yeah, keep going. Title. One God, one job. One God, one job. In Mark chapter 12, beginning from this... uh, 28 or 29 actually 28 uh, a scribe was asking Jesus he wanted to know what the first commandment the greatest commandment the first commandment is and Jesus answered him he says the first of all the commandments is hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one Is that a commandment? Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's the way it starts. That's part of the greatest commandment. Knowing fully that God is one God. There is only one God. We have to know that. God is. And God is one. All over the world. Man, man has always wanted to worship something bigger, something great. And every time man sees something that doesn't, they can't quite understand, it's a God. There is the God of the sun. God, sun God. The rain God. Uh, uh, moon God. We have all kinds of gods. But Jesus is telling us there is just one God. Just one God. Just one. And then he says to us, And you shall love the Lord your God. He has to be your God since there is only one God. Make that God, that only one God, your God. And you ought to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. With all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Let me help us understand here. Your heart, that's the core of your life. That's who you really are. That's you. That's your life. You are a spirit. The heart is your spirit. So the core of your life, God says, because God is one God, you have to, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You know, your soul is the seat of your emotions. That's where you make decisions and all of that. You must love the Lord with all of your soul. Your soul is going to go back to God. Your soul, the angels will carry back to God. That's part of you. That's the part of you that works on the earth. Your spirit deals with God's spirit, but your soul works on the earth, works with your emotion, your decisions, all the things that you do. That's part of your soul. But then it says, love the Lord also with all of your mind. Your mind. Let love of God be also your mind. In other words, be taken by God's love. 
in your mind. That you be the whole of what you think is God, the love of God with your mind. And then if your mind is controlling you, then your strength, all of your strength, nothing less, all of your strength. And you wonder, why does God want us to love Him? Not for Himself, for you. It's amazing, the first commandment and the greatest commandment is not about abstaining from doing something bad. It's about doing something. And it's to love. Now let me let you know this. The greatest need that a man has in life is to be loved. Yes. You can have all the money in the world and if you're not loved by anybody, you're miserable. But that's true. There's nobody to show you love, nobody to share with. Right? People, they have money, they want people to come around around them, they have have a party. (laughs) What are they doing? They're sharing love and they're wanting people to to love me. That's the way we... It's our greatest need. The greatest need for mankind is to be loved. And so what is God saying? Give what you need the most in your life away. And you get more. The best way to start Give it to the one who created life in the first place. Love God. And not a little. If you can love God with all that you have, you will be loved both by men and God. Angels will love you. It's not for God. It's for you. Love God with everything that you have. Love Him. He is the source of life. You got to love Him. It's not for God. It's for you. And God says, that's a commandment. If you want to live, you want to have a good life, love Him. You got to love Him. It's the first, Jesus says, that's the first and it's the greatest commandment. It's a commandment to do something. We're always focused on not doing something bad. But that's not where God's at. God's about doing something. And the first thing is to love. That's the, Jesus said that's the first and the greatest commandment. And then he said the next one, the second, is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said these are the two great commandments. There is no other commandment that's greater than this. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Question. Do you love yourself? When you look in the mirror, do you feel, I can't stand what you have become? Most of us have been there, right? You've done things, you feel like you're a failure, and you're looking at yourself and you're thinking, how did I get here? Some people don't really like, they want to take their lives. They don't like what they've become. Sometimes it's what they've done, sometimes it's what others have done to them. And their life's broken. How can you love somebody the way you love yourself? 
when you don't really like yourself. You don't like yourself. You can't stand the person you've become. And generally, it's him. The only place you can find wholeness is to go back to him. Jesus. He's the only one that can make you whole. Until you love him. And you really cannot love him on your own. But until you love him, you can't really love yourself. You were created in his image. And you have to draw near. That's why God's saying, not love God a little bit. He says, love him with all and all and all. Everything that you are. Because that's when you will become whole. That's when you heal. Emotionally, if you are damaged emotionally, the only way you can truly find peace is to have the Prince of Peace come in. So this morning, if you're here and you really don't like yourself, just go to Jesus. You know, I really don't like what I've, what I've become. I, I need you to fix me. I need you to make me better. I need you to help me. Now, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, beginning from verse 28 uh, through 30, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. We are trying to better ourselves. We are trying to be successful. We are trying all kinds of things, and we're not getting there. We have a lot of burdens, and we're trying to make this. You handle one problem, another one shows up. And it seems like you can never ever put your hands around it. No peace. You're struggling and you know it. There's nowhere to go. There's nobody to call. They don't understand. So Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. He says to learn. Learn from me. Learn from me. Learn from me. Because I am gentle and lowly at heart. I'm gentle. He never rebukes you. You can learn from him. He'll show you how to live. He is the true man. When he came, there's never been a true man until Jesus came. Adam was, when he, before he sinned, that was the last true man. Until Jesus came, there was no true man on the earth. All compromised men and women because of sin. They didn't know how to live until Jesus came. Jesus was the only true human. Even though he was God, he was the only true human. And so Jesus says, learn from me. Learn from me how to live. Don't try to live it on your own. You won't make it. You've never been this road before. You're just walking through. You've never been here before. He knows all. He is the true man. Come to me and I'll give you rest. He said, you will find rest to what? Your soul. Your soul. Our souls need rest. We need rest. And when we turn everything to him, that's when we find this rest. Now, don't just come to him. Stay with him. And follow him wherever he goes. 
He carries the map. He, sh- he is your GPS. Amen. <laughs> He'll help you get where you want to go. Amen. He'll help you get where you really want to go. Stay with Him. Don't just come. Stay with Him. If you're going to learn from Him, you can't be away from Him. You have to be right there. That's what I see about Christians. Well, I've received Christ, but He's a mile ahead of you. You're still walking a little bit behind. You can't tell when He made the next turn. You're still far away from Him. Stay close to Him so you can learn. Notice the word says, learn from me. So I have to learn from Him. And how do I learn? By staying very close to Him and walking with Him. So He teaches me what He's doing. I like the disciples, when Jesus did something that they didn't understand, they won't say anything in public. But in private, they said, Master, you said that and, and you confused us. Tell, tell us. And then He tells them. Why? They were with Him. Followed him. A lot of people have come to Christ, but they don't follow. We got to follow him. You got to follow him closely. One God. Amen. It's one God. And since there is only one God, the one who created the universe, how can you be away from him? That's the only life. This one God. I've got to stay close to life. If you are plants, you need sunlight, right? You need the sun. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God. You need Him. Otherwise, you won't have life. You won't thrive. We need Him. We've got to be close to Him. So the commandment is not really for God, but for you. Love God with all that you have. When you love somebody, you want to be around them. Amen? You want to stay close to them. You know, I, I can tell whenever, whenever I've done something and I know my wife is not pleased. Now, you don't know Pastor ever does anything that uh, she's not happy with. And uh, <laughs> it, it don't ever make mistakes. But whenever I've done something and I know, not intentionally, uh, but it's not right. And I know she's not happy because of uh, what I've done. I'm also miserable. It's true. You have to eat the humility pie to say, you know, uh, I'm not enjoying the house anymore very much, you know. Uh, this, this, uh, not talking to me, this uh, silent treatment because of what I've done. Uh, I'm, I'm miserable right now. I feel like going somewhere. Uh, could, could you please forgive me? Okay. So we get back. And as soon as and she forgives me. It's like the clouds are gone. Wow. I didn't know that life can be this beautiful. Can we go to a restaurant now? Can we do something? Uh, yeah. I'm feeling good. That's the same way we feel when we love Him. Amen? And we've done something right. You see, loving Him stops you from doing what offends Him. He's out of love. And it doesn't hurt him, he hurts you even more. Amen. So we love him. And so God gave us that commandment. Love him. With all of your heart. And then we need to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. 
And I've got to be whole. You know, I used to think, I don't want that brother loving me. If he loves me the way he loves himself, I'm dead. But you have to get that love from God. Because you cannot love without love inside of you. And Jesus is love. And love gave himself for us. He says, greater love has no one than this, that for a man, a friend, to give his life for his friends. He calls me his friend. And I want to be his friend. I don't want to stay away from my friend that will never do a thing to hurt me. He is the sunlight of my life. I've got to love him. He, his presence heals me. And when he heals you, then you can really see clearly to go out and love and love people. So we love God. That's the number one thing we need to do. To love God with everything that you have. And if you don't really like yourself this morning, you can change that. It's so easy. God's been waiting for you. Your actions and staying away from Him has been very painful to Him. He knows everything that you're doing that may be wrong. That's not what he's after. He says, let go of those things, but come back home. I need your home. I got a place for you to be here. I have a, I have a table. Uh, my table, there's a chair. It's always empty. I, don't have, I don't, can't find you there. Come back home. When you follow Jesus, you know, you know what he'll do? Mark chapter 4. When we follow Jesus, he, he said, uh, Follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. Follow me, and what? He saw two disciples Peter, Simon, named Peter, called Peter. And his brother Andrew, and he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They were casting their net in the sea. But once they heard those words, a total stranger, they had recognized this was the Messiah. John the Baptist had made them know this was the Messiah. And when Jesus said, Follow me, guess what? They threw everything away. They threw the net, and they left, and they followed him. And for three years, they followed him everywhere he went. You know what? I don't know what they had to go through, but I'm jealous of those guys. I mean, they stayed where he was. They heard him while he was sleeping. Touched him and all of that and brought him food. That was God. There's only one God. Just one God. They were helping God in what he came to do. They were helping God. I mean, they saw him. And they walked with him. When he was tired, they sat with him. When he was praying, they listened. Sometimes maybe they joined him in prayer. And you see, God's calling us to the same kind of fellowship with him. No difference. We just cannot see him. But today, if you make up your mind, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to love God. I want to follow him. Question. How long have you been following him? 
Has he made you a fisher of men yet? Are you a fisher of men? Do you, do you even think about it? That's the job for a Christian. To become a fisher of men. One God, one job. Your job as a Christian, every other thing that you do is secondary. Everything else that you do should help you in your real mission. Soul winning. That's your job. That's my job. I don't have to be a pastor to win souls. We're all called to follow him. Right? I thank God we have people in our church they're looking for that opportunity. If it's not in your mind to win souls for God, you don't know Jesus yet. That's why he came. That's why he came. I believe it was Luke 19, verse 10. It says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. That's why Jesus came. If you love him, that's what we should be doing. We should join him in what he's doing. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, a songwriter said this. He says, Must I go and empty-handed? Must I meet the Savior soul? Not one soul with which to greet him. Not a single soul with which to greet the Master. Because Jesus said, Go! Go, we have to win souls for him. That's why I said I'm glad that Susan and Ralph are here. If it's not in your head at all, I have to wonder what's really happening in my relationship with God. Something is not right. You know, I'm a pastor, but I'm constantly thinking about that. My wife and I talk about it. In my mind, I'm dreaming about this thing. God give me opportunity more, not just on the one-to-one, but I want to see a lot of them say, I've seen that, but I want to see them. I've talked to Susan, please, let's go. We want to, I, I want to see people saved. It's one God, one job. I used to, but when I left my country to, for the United States, I had talked to so many people. And, and I wasn't sure that they were saved. And it bothered me. It bothered me. Maybe something was wrong with my life. How come they are not getting saved? Some of them that followed me, I remember one Dennis, he was with us in Asaba. How many of Michael is not here, you know. Yeah, he came. They told me he's still following God. I was shocked. I was shocked. Dennis is still following God. I didn't read. Because he left. They'll come, stay for a while, and the persecution comes, and they're gone. And I say, God, maybe there's something wrong with my life. I can't win somebody. Do you ever think about that? When you are born again, that's where your joy is. When you're sharing the gospel with people, you look for opportunity to win them to Christ. That means you're loving God with all of your mind. When you see them, you see them as eternal souls. Not one soul with which to greet him. 
you're going to go back to the master and he shed his blood. You knew about it and spoke to nobody about it. You didn't even try. You buried your talent in the sand and did nothing. And then you want to enjoy heaven. I don't understand that. Some people have given their lives for it. And we're not talking about filling up a church. That's not the issue for me. I'm talking about personal soul winning. That's my, that's my son. Paul said, I begat all of you, you guys. You are my children in the Lord. Do you have a son or a daughter in Christ? I mean, I'm not talking about your natural child. Do you have that for the master? Did God not say, and I pray this all the time, did God not say, be fruitful and multiply? How come I'm barren? How come I'm barren? It's not about church. It's about bringing somebody to Christ. Whether they come to the Ark Fellowship or not, doesn't matter. We can fill this place, that's fine. But I want them saved. They may be in Nigeria, they may be in India, it doesn't matter. But on that day, we all meet before the Master. And I can say, yes, God, because of this little obedience, we stay till 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, look, I present you, Lord. This is what your blood did. This is what your blood did. All he's saying is, God bless me. It's the success. Life is not all about eating and drinking, career and be successful. That's not all about life. If that's your, the most important thing in your life, then maybe I need to introduce you to Jesus. Because that's not what is important in life. When it's all over, you'll find out having cars doesn't matter. Having big homes, you die and live them. Nobody's going to bury you in your mansion. You go to the cemetery. Yeah. Nobody's going to bury you in your Cadillac. They would think you're strange if they did that. There's only one thing that is important. Souls. If Jesus helped you to find peace for your soul, introduce somebody so they can find peace. That's love. That is love. They may curse you out initially, but when they found the love, they are thankful. They are thankful to you. It may be a little bit uncomfortable for you, and they may not like you for a while, but when they find out that because of you, and sometimes, you know, this is what I say. When I witness to somebody, and they say, oh, that's so nice, I don't like it. I never like it. I like it when they curse me out. Oh, yes. And I really like it when they pray with me to receive Christ. <laughs> because if they are telling you, oh, that, that, that's nice, as soon as you leave, they've forgotten. <laughs> but if he's mad at you and he curses you out, all night he's thinking about it. That's useless, man. He, he said this and he, he keeps repeating what I said. And those words of God, they are eternal words. They are two-edged sword. He keeps repeating it mad. And, and that's what happened to Paul, the apostle. Remember? <laughs> he kept thinking, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. These guys, I'll kill them. <laughs> and then Jesus appeared. Okay, what do you want me to do? I'll go for you. Anywhere. 
Amen. We have to share the gospel. The church is forgotten. We are so involved in all kinds of things. We are forgetting that we need to win souls. If it's not in our mind, God doesn't bother us with it. At your place of work, those that you come across, across, these things are very important. And dream about so. God will take you, maybe just sharing with one of one pair, one on one, before you know God's wanting you to go somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, you remember the story of Philip. Philip was having a revival, right? In, in Samaria. And, and, and people were getting healed, filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what we pastors do? This is good, Lord, I'll just stay here. But God says, no, <laughs> he took him and sent him to the desert for uh, the Ethiopian eunuch and says, join yourself to that chariot. Amen? Notice, he didn't resist. That man started off serving tables. Pastor, you say serve tables? <laughs> Did I hear you right? Do you know I can teach now? Could you give me opportunity to preach from the pulpit? Serve tables first. Anything for Jesus. I'll do it to help the work of God. So that the message goes out. If I have to serve tables so that Peter and John and the rest of them can minister the word of God, I'll serve tables. You want me to clean the toilet? I'll clean the toilet. I don't need you yet. Go out and give them the word. And you do that faithfully. And God says, you've cleaned toilets enough. I got some words. You got some words you, that I've been putting in you. you got, now go out and share them. I feel like shouting. <laughs> and that's what God does. But you got to start somewhere. Dealing with souls. Winning them. Bringing them to God. It's very important. Let's not forget it. Let's not forget it. In Matthew 28, beginning from verse 18, Jesus said, the Bible says, Jesus appeared to them, and uh, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Verse 18, I believe, in verse 18 through 20. Uh, it says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go... Therefore, and make disciples of all nations. You know what it means? Make followers of Christ from all nations. Not just people who hear the gospel and pray a prayer, but followers of Christ, disciples of all nations. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Teaching them to do what? Observe all things that I have commanded you. So we have to tell you, Jesus wants us to share the gospel. The word is gold. The word is gold. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. Isaiah, a great prophet of God. He said, I heard then I heard the voice of the Lord. I heard God's voice. The voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall 
we send. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? So God is in the business of sending somebody to go out and bring them in. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. And Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That's the commandment. That's the job. One God, one job. Our job is not to amass wealth. If the money comes in, it's for my main job. Amen? Your main job is to win souls for God. That's your number one job. And if you don't understand, that's all Christians. You keep asking God to bless you, to bless you, bless you. And God's saying, okay, I heard you. For what? What do you want to do with the blessing? If it's not about the kingdom... So why should he bless you? The Bible says, Seek ye first, that's Matthew 6 verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How do you seek God's righteousness? You already are saved, right? Seek, you want it expanded, right? And if that's what you really desire, and you put yourself into it, and you are willing to do whatever. Sometimes when you are winning souls and trying to help, you are taking out of your resources to help people. Just to get them to the place where they will hear the word. But God says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But we have to go. It, notice I, never, I didn't say anything about the Ark Fellowship. You have to become a personal soul winner in your own life. They don't have to come to the Ark Fellowship. If that's never crossed your mind, then maybe you haven't really connected with Jesus because he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And you used to bother me. I'm a God. Have you through with me yet? Am I, am I a fisher of men yet? When am I going to become a fisher of men? He dealt with his disciples for how many years? For three years. And look at what they did. Jesus is enlisting people. If you read in, and then just go through some scripture. If you read in Luke chapter 9, he gathered the twelve and he sent them out. That was urgent. Send them out. And, and he didn't go. He sent them out to the places where he would go. And then he gave them authority. He said, go, preach the gospel, heal the sick. I give, I give you power. Because when you go, I give you the power to heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. And then when they came back, he decided, I need more people. So he got 70 people. That's chapter 10 of Luke. He said, he sent them out two by two. And they got back and they were so excited. They said, even the demons, they listened to us. I mean, they were coming out of the people's lives. You want God's power in your life? You want God's manifestation in your life? You're not going anywhere. Why should the miracles follow you? These signs follow those who believe, right? If, you are, if the signs are following you, then it means you're going somewhere. But if you're sitting just in your pew or you're sitting in church, and no sign is going to follow you, and God's not bothering with you, and Satan is not bothering with you either. Except to tempt you to get out of it completely. Every branch in me that bears fruit, 
the father purges. <laughs> you can stay and become a sour Christian. <laughs> Almost like lemons or something. Because you don't have a heart for the people. How can you say you love these people? You're a Christian and you love and you know they are eternal souls. And you just don't care. And all you're doing is telling God to bless your business. And God says, yeah, for what? What would you do with it? What would you do with blessing your business? You are not too tired to, to... to be out in the movie still to midnight uh, and brass uh, is movie but let's go witnessing brother you know I've been out for all day I'm really tired can we do that next week and that's another next week and another next week no nothing is done and meanwhile people are dying and going into hell every single day every single day that's not right Every child of God must wake up. Take it to heart. All I wanted to, I wanted to win just one soul. Just one. God give me just one. Just one person. That my life can touch. Just one person. I like my pastor, Milford uh, um, Addison. He called, because I'm one of his children. He called, he says, good luck. I need more children. <laughs> I said, Pastor, that's a tough one. <laughs> okay. But try. We want more people. Because he's looking ahead for the reward. Amen. There's going to come a day, I'm going to close with this, when nothing matters. Everything you've done, nothing matters. The only thing that will matter to you on the day of judgment is what you've done for the Master. Nothing else. You won't think about your house. You won't think about your car. Nothing else matters. It's just how far you've gone for him. How much you are willing to sacrifice for him. Peter wasn't concerned about dying for Jesus. Jesus told him, this is the way you're going to honor the Lord, glorify the Lord. He understood it. He understood that he was going to be killed. He was going to die. He didn't bother him. He just asked Jesus, what about the other guy? Jesus said, mind your business. If I will that he remain till I come, so he understood what he meant. If I will that he remain until I come, that's his business and mine. You follow me. You follow me. There is suffering when it comes to witnessing and sharing the gospel with people. There's a lot of pain that may go with that. That's the decision you have to make this morning. That's a decision. Sometimes they won't like you at your place of work. Sometimes they're telling you, if you do this, we're going to fire you. You still have to decide what you want to do. Commandment. The Lord our God is one. One Lord. You must love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
try it this week. Let's give ourselves a challenge, all of us. And I know the Holy Spirit will remind you as we close. Whether you know the person or not, it's better, it's easier when you know the person, I guess. Sometimes it's easier when you don't know the person. <laughs> but try talking to somebody at least this week for Jesus. Represent Jesus by speaking some, to somebody this week. We're not asking you to bring them to church. Just tell them something about Jesus. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. How close are you to Jesus? Do you like yourself? If you don't like what you've become, you can get that fixed today by acknowledging Jesus. God, I want you to fix me. That's the first thing we want to do. Jesus, I want you to fix me. That's all you need to tell him. He understands if you are emotionally damaged because of something that's happened to you in the past and you feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be, you feel kind of unwanted, rejected, talk to Jesus today so he can fix you. He's the only one that can fix you. And then he will put the love of God in your heart so you can both love God and love men. Or you can't love men if you really love men if you don't love God. If you're here this morning and you said, Look, I want to make everything right with Jesus, could you lift your hand up? One, two, three, put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Father, I just want to thank you for everyone here, most of them believers, and they know that you are the Lord. And God, we're asking you today to help us so that we can commit to you and do what you've called us to do, to win souls for God. We got to make a commitment this morning. If you are here and you want to commit to be a soul winner, God helping you. If that's you, would you please stand to your feet? God helping you from this very day, I'm going to try to be a soul winner. If that's you, please stand to your feet. Please don't take this lightly because it's very important. I know how the Holy Spirit works. You'll be sitting across somebody and you hear a voice in your head. Tell them about me. Don't resist. Do it. You won't regret it. Amen? Wherever you go, that's what we want to do. Please lift your hands up as we commit to him today. And what we're doing is surrender. 
And we can say, Lord, I don't want to see you without a soul with which to greet, greet you, God. God, I commit. You can say that in your heart. Say it to God. <coughs> Excuse me. God, I commit to serving you by reaching out to souls. Loving them until they come into your kingdom. Holy Spirit, empower me, help me, show me how to win them for you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated.